gas. I, uh, I don't know what the rules are, but I'm getting rid of this. Um, I tend to be a little bit of a walker, uh, so if that's something that you're not quite used to, uh, I apologize, um, but it, it, it will be good. And so, uh, good morning. It is so good uh, to be here with everyone this morning. Uh, it's such a, a privilege and an honor uh, for my wife, Laura, and I to be here uh, this weekend. And so, uh, we just want to thank Pastors John and Gina and the board. Yesterday, we spent a good majority of the day with them, and we had a wonderful time with them, and we've just felt so welcome uh, since we've been here this weekend. And so uh, we're just, we're excited for this morning. We're excited for the possibilities of what God uh, is doing here at this church and the fact that we may get to be a part of that, that that opportunity may come, that we may get to partner and share in that with you guys. And so we're very excited about that. Uh, Some of you may know uh, I was born and raised in Grand Rapids, uh, and I know we have another Grand Rapids native right over here on the front row, uh, but I actually went to Greenway, and so people just assume, oh, you're from Grand Rapids, you went to Rapids. No, I went to Greenway, uh, and so I grew up playing against Chisholm all the time. Uh, I have many fond memories of basketball and, and baseball games against Chisholm. Uh, we didn't play each other in football because of the size differences and whatnot, uh, but I just, I have many fond memories of my time here in Chisholm, and I know I'll, I'll never forget Alex Gornick, you know, it just, him and I graduated the same year in 2007, and so him and I were like, sort of to a certain extent, like nemesis, like, probably more in middle school, I was like the kid that matured really early, and I was like the stud in middle school, and then came high school, I didn't really mature until I was like almost a senior, and so like, my prime was like seventh grade, um, you know, and some of you can probably relate with me, you know, like, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and then it was like, oh, your body forgot to grow until you were like 17 or 18. Uh, And so I showed a picture to my wife this last weekend from the end of my 10th grade year, and she goes, you look like you're in about sixth grade. I said, I know. So I looked the same from the time I was about 11 to the time I was like 17. Nothing changed. Same height, same weight, same little round baby face. And so uh, that's just, that's a little bit about me, but it feels so good to be back on the Iron Range this weekend. Uh, you know, it's, I always call the range home. This is where I was born and raised, and, and it's so exciting to be back. I tell everyone in Wisconsin that it's the great northern woods. Or I actually, I tell them Minnesota's the promised land. That's where I tell them. I say, I'm going home to the promised land, and my wife is like, no, not so much. You know, she's a Wisconsin girl through and through, and so uh, you'll have to forgive her of that. Um, you know, I have. I, I got over that, you know, and the Packers, all that stuff. I get over it. Um, you know, we're, we're a house divided. You know, that's how we stand. And so, um, no, it's all fun, and it's great. And we're just, as I said, we're super excited to be here with you guys this morning. And so um, we want to take the next little bit of time to dig into God's Word. But before we do that, I want to share a quick thought with you just to get us heading in the right direction towards what we're going to talk about this morning. And so recently, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. We remembered the sacrifice that was made, right? We remember what happened, that that Jesus went to the cross, but we, we celebrate the fact that He overcame death. We don't, we don't mourn the fact that he had to go to the cross. We celebrate the fact that he, he, he overcame death and, and sin, and he provided the eternal victory for us. And when I think about that, there's multiple things that had to take place in order for that to happen. The first one was God had to actually be willing to send his one and only son to earth. He didn't have to. 
But he made the choice, he made the decision to send his one and only son to be our sacrifice, as it says in John 3.16. But then also, secondly, not only did God have to send his son, Jesus had to be willing to go through with everything as well. He had to spend 33 years walking on this earth as sinless, as the perfect example, as, as blameless, so that he could be the final atoning sacrifice for you and I, that our sins could be washed away forever, that he would pay for our sins, that we could be seen as righteous and be redeemed in the eyes of the Lord. And so it made me think, why would they do that? Why would God send his son? Why would Jesus be willing to go to the cross for us? And I think the answer is simply one word, love. Love. Because of their love for us, because of their love for you and I, because of their love for each person that's ever been born. They died for us. He sent His Son for us. And I, this morning, I think love is such a powerful thing. It, people often say, why? You know, they do things because they love stuff. Why did you do that? Well, I did it because I love it. Why do I practice shooting my bow? Because I love to bow hunt. You know, why do, I, why do we buy roses for our wives or significant others? Because we love them. We do things out of love for something. And so love is such a powerful thing. But at times, uh, it can cause us to do some foolish things too, right? Love can cause us to maybe do some things that, that we wouldn't normally do in our lives. It, it can begin to play with our emotions. And, and if we're not careful, it can veer us off heading in a direction that we never thought we might end up going But finding ourselves veering away from what logic and reason might tell us to do is what can happen sometimes. But to get back to the question of why would God and Jesus do what they did? Because they love us. Because they love us. And so everything that has happened from the beginning of time all the way through to the end of time is a result of God's love. Everything that has happened, everything that God has done and will do is a result of His love for us. And that is not always easy for us to understand because things don't always play out like you and I wish they would, right? Things don't always happen according to the quote-unquote perfect plans that we make in our mind. Oh, life, I have it all figured out. I'm going to get married at this age. I'm going to have children at this age. I'm going to have this job making X amount of dollars and doing these things. We have this perfect plan and then all of a sudden God's like, no, that's not quite what I have in store for you. That's not quite what I have in mind for you. And many times the plan that we make up in our mind is very different from maybe what God is asking us to do in our lives as we follow after Him. And we have to understand that, that He has our best interests in store for us, in mind for us. God knows what is best for you and I. And, and we think, oh, but I know what I need. But then we're reminded that, you know what? God knows everything from the beginning to the end when you and I, we can only see tiny little glimpses of the big picture of life and of time in general. We see such a limited view compared to what God can see. And so this morning, we're going to look at one particular psalm that describes how God's love endures forever. We're going to be looking at Psalm 136 this morning, so you can feel free to turn there at this time as we will read in just a moment. But we're going to begin to look at it, and we're going to break it down into three different sections. Kind of three main points this morning, and then we'll have a concluding thought at the end. But let us begin with prayer. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together here in your house as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray now, Holy Spirit, make this scripture come alive to us. Father, that we may understand it in a new way, that we may be able to apply it and walk out more full of your presence as a result of what you have done this morning. Father, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let us begin by reading the first couple of verses of Psalm 136 this morning. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. And so that kind of brings us to our first point this morning that we're going to talk about. And that is, God's love proves that He is the one true God. Out of his love, we see that God is the one true God and that there are no other gods beside him. There there was no other God who sent his son to earth to die for us. There's no other God that, that is alive and living today. That separates us from other religions and other ideas is the fact that our God is alive, that he's living, that he's active and he moves in our lives today. That separates us and that is something that is special about our faith in Jesus Christ. That, that, that He sent His Son to reconcile us. And He sent His Son because He loved us. And we're called to give thanks to Him as the one true God. If we look at Isaiah 44, 6, it says this. Uh, this is what the Lord says. Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. In Isaiah 45, Uh, 5 says this, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me there is no God. I will strengthen you. There is no other God. He is the one true God that you and I have. And He shows that in His love. And why is that important for us to understand this morning? Why do we need to, to understand and know that He is the one true God? Because only then, when we truly believe that, will we be willing to do what He is asking us to do in our lives. If we don't believe that He's the one true God, if we believe that He's one of of multiple different ways that we can get to heaven, we're going to just choose to do what's most convenient. We're going to choose to do what seems the easiest. We're going to choose to do what we think, well, that only requires 10 minutes of my time a day. I'm going to choose to do that because uh, this other thing may ask me to do things that I'm uncomfortable doing. But when we we know that God is the one true God, we're willing to do what He's asking us to do in our lives. Because if we don't trust the validity or the authenticity of someone, we'll never truly trust them. Because the reality is, is God is going to ask you and I to step out of our comfort zones at times in our life. He's going to ask us to stretch. He's going to ask us to do things that you know what we might not want to do. But we do it because we trust Him. We do it because we know who He is as the one true God. But if we sit there and we're questioning that idea of, well, I don't know if He's the one true God. I don't know if He is exactly who He says He is. Then when we're stretched or when God is asking us to go outside of our comfort zone, we're going to choose simply not to do it more than likely. Because we don't trust the source. We don't trust that He is who He says He is. But as Christians, we need and we, we must, we must believe that He is the one true God. We must, we have to believe that. 
But why then do we see so many people throughout Scripture start to fall away towards, towards false gods or, or false idols? We see that throughout Scripture. And it's because they, they offered promises that they could find hope in. These false gods and idols, they offered them a promise that they could find hope in. They thought, oh, but if I pray to this God, they will do this. Or if I pray this, this certain prayer to this handmade idol, I will have this blessing. It gave them something they thought they could find hope in. Something that they thought they could find answers in. And there were many false prophets and false gods and, and handmade idols that ended up becoming the center of people's lives. Their lives ended up revolving around these false gods and, and idols and false prophets. And it led them towards destruction as they turned their back away from God. Because when these false gods became the center of their life, God was no longer in the picture. God had been pushed out of their lives, led them towards destruction. They fell for the traps and lies of Satan, that Satan could offer them something greater than God could. They fell for the lies and the traps that Satan could offer them something greater than God could offer them. That is why they began to stray away. And I think that's, that's no different than many people in our world today. There's many people today in our world that, that are, are pursuing power and possessions and, and money and different things like that that become idols in their lives. They become the focus that drives them to do everything that they do. Not that, not that any of these things in and of themselves are even bad. But when they become our focus in life, when they become what we pursue above everything else, they become an idol. Anything in our lives that takes precedent over God, that becomes a priority over God in our lives, is an idol. And all of those things, they begin to drive and to motivate people. And it leads them away from God, of who He is as the one true God. As I said, anything that takes priority in our lives over God becomes an idol. And many others, they just they fall victims to false teaching. Or bad religion. It, that just, it offers them again. They think there's a hope. Or there, there's a promise that is offered to them. That they can find hope in. And so why does this happen? Because people are pursuing love. And they're pursuing hope. People are pursuing love and pursuing hope. And when searching for those things in the world. It will never fully satisfy you. If you're searching for hope and love in the world. It will never fully satisfy you. Because God is the one true God. And that's evident through us, through His everlasting love for us. God's love never wavers. It never changes. It never has from the beginning of time until the end of time. God is a just God, and there are consequences for the things that we do. And so at times, God's wrath has been shown. But God loves us. It's unending. It's everlasting. True love and hope can only be found in the One who created everything which brings us to our second point this morning, that God's love is evident in creation. Continuing on in Psalm 136 with verse 4, we read, To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. It says that, that God did great wonders. That he created the heavens and, and he spread dry land out among the waters. 
That he made a great light, the sun for, for you and I to see by day, and the moon and the stars to guide us by night. All of the beauty that we find in creation is a direct result of God's mighty handiwork. The beauty that we see all around us is a result of God's mighty handiwork in his creation. And so, like when I try to when I read Bible the scripture, I try to think through it in my mind of like, man, what what was God thinking? You know, or like I try to play it out and I think about this. When it comes to creation, I I can't even try to fathom what God was thinking at that time. He had a blank canvas and the ability to create anything and everything. And he came up with this amazing world that we live in today. That's so it's so complex that there's there's so much so many details and different things that it's crazy. But I think about it like there's nothing more beautiful than a sunset on a lake. There's nothing more beautiful than looking over a lake and, and seeing the sunset each and every day. And each day is unique. Each sunset is different from the one before and it's different than the one that will come tomorrow. Because God is unique. Because God is creative. Because he loves us. And then there's nothing more fun than snowmobiling after a fresh snowfall. I know we're kind of beyond that point in season now, but there's nothing more fun after a nice, fresh, powdery snow than getting out and riding on a snowmobile. It's just, it's so amazing. And, and our earth, when you think about it, is such a small thing in the grand scheme of all of our universe. And then our universe, the Milky Way, is just a small piece in the picture of all of the other universes around us. Like we have such a limited perspective or a limited even view of of all of the creation that God made as a result of his love for us. He created each of these things in such beauty and splendor out of his love. He doesn't do his wonders simply to show off, but rather to help people be directed towards him. I heard one writer say that, all of creation was, was created to be one giant finger pointing back to the one and only person who created everything, God. And I, I think of, like, at a game where you have the big foam fingers. Like, creation was created to be a big foam finger that pointed to the one and only God who created everything out of his love for us. He created the heavens as an eternal resting place for us to celebrate and rejoice not only with, with him, but with those who have gone before us and those who will go after us, who believe in him. He spread out the dry land among the waters so that we would have a place to inhabit and a, and a place to live off of. God, he could have simply left everything water, but then what would we have done? I mean, he could have made us differently, I guess, you know. Um, but he created land for us to live off of and inhabit. He created the sun and the moon to guide us by both day and night, but not only just to give us a source of light, but a day gives us the ability to measure something, measure time. A full rotation of the earth gives us the ability to measure a full day, which then off of days we get months and we get years, and time is created out of those measurements. Each of these things he did out of his love for us to help us to continue to see him in everything that is around us. That no matter where we look in the world, that we will see his mighty handiwork. His love is evident everywhere around us. But not only did God provide a place for us to live, lights to govern our our days and nights and, and perform many great wonders, He also provides protection and provision to His children. God provides protection and provision to His children. That's our third point this morning, that out of God's love, He protects and provides for us. Out of His love, He protects and provides 
So if we continue to read on in the psalm with verse 10, it says, To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever, and brought uh, Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever, and brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever. So here we're reading about how how God delivers the Israelites from the hands of the Egyptians. He led them through the middle of the Red Sea. He split the sea to allow them to go through it before then eventually bringing the waters back together where he left the Egyptian army. The Israelites had been under the control of the Egyptians for almost 400 years or so. And then the next few verses describe how God provided for them during their time in the wilderness as they were kind of wandering towards the promised land. God delivered many powerful kings into their hands to prepare the land for them. He had promised to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And once again, why was this done? Because of God's unending love for his people. God's unending love, it endures forever. Just as as God protected and provided for the Israelites, He still protects and provides for us today. You and I, we may not be Israelites, but as believers, we are children of God. We are brought into the family. We are adopted into the family of Christ as we believe in Him. And God has always protected and provided His children. God has always had His hand upon my life, even when I didn't realize it. So when I was a senior in high school, October 12, 2016, there was an event that happened that changed my life forever. Uh, and many of you, or 2006, sorry, and many of you probably heard about this event on the news. Uh, my oldest brother, Andy, uh, he died at an explosion at United Taconite just down the road in Eveleth. Many of you probably saw that on the news. Um, that was my oldest brother. He was 24 years old at the time. He was, uh, he was my, my role model. He was the person who I was striving to become. I wanted to be like Andy. I, I, so much so that I was pursuing the same type of schooling. That was my plan. I wanted to, to basically do what he was doing. I was pursuing electrical and mining engineering. That was my, my idea or my thought, my plan. But then all of a sudden after that happened, I thought there's no way. I'm not getting up and going to work every day in the same environment that he did. And, and, and not that I was scared it would happen to me. I just, I couldn't do that anymore. Uh, and so, for the next two years, my life was filled with all kinds of chaos. I, I just, I was, I was struggling. Uh, my, I grew up in the church, but my faith would, had really been built upon the sand. When it came down to it to be tested, my faith was on the sand and it got washed away in the storm of life when my brother died. Uh, And so I I went into depression and all kinds of different things over those next two years. Uh, But the the great part is, is in spite of of all of my poor choices during that season, God continued to have his hand of protection upon me. God God laid his hand upon me and, and continued to have protection upon me. He spared me from many of the consequences of the poor choices that I was making. My life could look very different today than it does as a result of that season in my life. But God had his hand of protection upon me. He, he provided for me during that time in life when, to be honest, I wanted nothing to do with him. 
But God had his hand upon me, and he has the same thing in mind for you guys. He spares us, in spite sometimes of our poor decisions. In spite sometimes of what we do, God says, out of my love, my grace, and my mercy, I'm going to spare some of the consequences for the things that maybe you've done in your life. But it was, the best part is, it was at the end of those two years of, of struggling, of depression, when God said, I have a plan for your life. I have a purpose And I'm going to use your pain to tell people about Jesus. God called me into the ministry in the darkest place I'd ever been. God pulled me out of that. And he said, I'm going to use you in the ministry. And here I am today as a result of that call, of that provision and protection that he had on my life. And so I think oftentimes we think, man, I just wish God would do something in my life. And then we look back and we say, you know what? But God did I did all these foolish things, but in spite of that, God chose to still have love for me. He chose to still use me in spite of my my weakness, in spite of my flesh and who I am. And and I think we just have to be challenged in that way. Man, take a few moments today and just think, what has God truly done in my life? Like, in what ways has God protected me? In what ways has He provided for me? Or even right now, what ways is He protecting and providing for you? And he has plans in the future to continue to to protect and to provide for you. In verses 21 through 25, we read of how God gave the Israelites the promised land as their inheritance. And he gave their land as an inheritance. His love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. He remembered us in our lowest state. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. It says that that God remembered them in their lowliest state. That all of those years that the Israelites were suffering underneath the Egyptian power, He remembered them. God never once for a second forgot about His people, the Israelites. He led them away into freedom and eventually we know that they entered into the promised land. But while the Israelites were in the wilderness, God provided for them some pretty cool things he provided for them a cloud by day to, to guide them. They would follow a cloud that would direct them. And at night, he would use a, a pillar of fire to, to direct them and, and to guide them. And so that's super cool. And not only that, each morning, God would provide manna or, or, or similar to bread for us today. He would provide it each and every day for them to eat the substance that they needed to make it through that day. They were only allowed to take what they needed for that one day. Any excess would turn to waste, except for once a week before the Sabbath, they would take two days' worth, because on the Sabbath, they weren't allowed to work and collect and those kind of things. But each day, God would provide for them, and He loved them so much that He gave them provision and protection. So I want to ask you this question. What promises or dreams has God given you? What has God placed inside of you? What what passions, gifts, and talents has He placed inside of you? I want you to to hold on to those things because right now they may seem distant. They may seem impossible, like there's no way that God would ever do what He's shown you He's going to do. You may seem like, man, I'm in the middle of a mess and I don't have any idea how I'll get out of this. Hold on to them. Because if God has given you dreams, He has every intention of fulfilling them. If God has given you a a vision or an idea of what He wants to do in your life, as you are obedient, as you follow Him, God will make those things come to pass. 
Each step of the way you'll see that God is with you as you pursue Him. He's preparing you for the dreams that He's placed in your heart. And He continues to show His love every step along the way. So why do I share this psalm with you today? Why, why do we look at this? Because I believe it directly relates to each of us today. Because God continues to show us His love endures forever in so many different ways. His love is shown to us all the time, but I think many times we become distracted and we don't see it. We become filled with busyness. We become filled with, with everything else that's going on in our life that our vision is distorted, it's clouded, and we can't always see what it is that God is doing around us, but His love is always there. He continues to show His love for us and being the one and only true God, as we talked about, that there's no others beside Him. And when we try to find satisfaction or fulfillment in the things of this world, we'll end up empty-handed and disappointed as a result of it. And God's love is evident through His creation as we discuss that no matter where we look in the world around us, we see God's mighty handiwork. That God truly created a masterpiece. But we talked about creation. I want to just say one thing. God didn't just create a masterpiece in the world around us. He created you and I as a masterpiece. Each of us. He individually knit and put together as a masterpiece. We are a reflection of Him. You are a masterpiece. Never forget that you are treasured. That you are a masterpiece of God, that we've been uniquely created in His image, and He knows you intimately, and He cares for each and every need that you have. We also see that God shows His love to us through His unending protection and provision. As believers, we become children of God, and with that, along with that, becomes His protection and His provision and His direction in our lives. But please understand, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy 100% of the time. Life has challenges, there's tough points that come our way in life. But however, we know God is sovereign. We know that He knows all things, that He, that he sees all things, and so that His intentions are the greatest thing for us, as He knows the grand scheme of everything that is going on. And so finally, I share this psalm with you today, because I believe that we need to continue to give thanks to God, for His love truly does endure forever. In every verse of this psalm, you read the statement, His love endures forever. 26 times, there's 26 verses you read that. And I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it happens by accident. It's so that we remember that whole time we're reading through this, that His love endures forever. That His love is everlasting. That it goes on and on and on. The final verse, 26, says, Give thanks to the God of heavens. His love endures forever. God's love has never wavered from the beginning of time until now. But I don't know what different challenges you might be facing today. I don't know what struggles you're walking through, but know that God is with you. Know that you're not alone in that. That there's, God is with you and there's many people here who are walking through life with you that are available and open to help you today. Just as God did many wonders in creating the heavens and the earth, He still does many wonders today. He didn't stop. The power of God doesn't cease to exist in our world today. It is as available today as it has ever been throughout all of time. The God who delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians by separating the Red Sea still lives today. The God that rose Jesus from the dead as we just celebrated still lives today. As the popular Christian song called Same Power from Jeremy Camp says, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave 
The same power that commands the dead to wake, it lives in us, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, it lives in us. It doesn't live even around us. It lives inside of us. God, when we ask him into our heart, he comes and he dwells amongst us. His Holy Spirit comes and fills our body. The same power that calmed the raging sea, it lives in us. God's love is what motivates him. It's what, it's what causes him to do everything he's done. It caused him to separate the Red Sea, to deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians and bring them into the promised land. God's love is why he sent his one and only son to the cross. But it's also why he rose him from the tomb, that he didn't stay dead, but he came alive. And that same love that motivated God to sacrifice his son is still available today. His love endures forever. So this morning, we're going we're gonna to sing a song quickly. And I want you to just think through that, that lens of, man, what has God done in my life? How he's protected me, how he's provided for me, how he, he's continually moving in my life, how, how his, his beauty, his love is all around me and his creation, how he continually shows me time and time again that he is the one and only true God. May we celebrate and testify to the many amazing things that God has and will do in our lives. God continues to move in just as miraculous of ways today as he did in the beginning through creation. God's love endures today, or endures yesterday, today, and forever. His love will always endure. I'm going to pray quickly, and then uh, Pastor Gina is going to lead us through a song. And so, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that your love does endure forever. God, that your love has never wavered, that it has never changed, but it motivates all that you do. Father, you are so great and you are so mighty. And this morning we sit in awe of you, of who you are, of what you have done, and even more excitingly, what is yet to come in the days and years and and, and times that, that lie ahead of us. And Lord, we know there's an awakening coming. We know there's a time where your spirit, God, will will fill this land once again in a mighty and a powerful way. And so this morning, we give you praise and glory and thanks for who you are. Father, you love endures forever. And we just, we, Father, we give thanks to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, sir.